Hi, this is Kelly, and we are going to be talking about how to raise mindful and courageous eaters and all of the, the negative things that can happen around food and how we need to change it and make it a positive time. And it can be hard, and it can be definitely, it can be like a ongoing process, and you don't have to feel like just because your kid didn't eat your food doesn't mean that they're not going to get better and they're kids and they're they're learning and they're slowly trying new things so just know that it's a process and it's not it's not about getting them the success isn't if they eat everything on their plate no it's totally far from it so we're going to talk about some things how you can raise mindful and courageous eaters so first of all um your kids, there can be a lot of shame around food, like especially if they wasted their food, we can say things like, don't waste that, don't take all of that, that's too much, um, and we can shame them for taking too much food and then not eating it. I know I've done that with my daughter sometimes, she'll get yogurt, and she'll eat it, and then she'll want seconds, and she'll get a lot, and she doesn't realize that she's probably not going to eat it all, and I know I've... Um, been like, no, you're going to waste all that food. Don't get so much. And it's, it's not, you know, worth it in the end to make her feel negative towards the food just because she accidentally got too much. And, you know, she's still learning what she can eat, how much she's able to eat. I mean, as adults, we still might, um, get more than we actually need and it's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world, and, you know, you can buy, you can always buy more yogurt at the end of the day. So, yeah, if they don't eat at all, it's not about that. It's not about that at all. Um, and, like, okay, so sometimes I think I've heard parents say, oh, well, you need to eat that because... There's children in impoverished, country, impoverished countries that don't get to eat. So you need to, you need to show that you're grateful and you need to eat all of your food. And honestly, like whether they eat that food or not, isn't going to determine whether or not that person in that impoverished country gets food. So, you know, you shouldn't put all of that on the kid because they're not going to be the one. Um, that, that kid isn't going to eat more or less depending on what your daughter did or did not eat. Um, yeah, you can send money to that country. You can send um, food to that country. There are other ways to accomplish that goal than shaming our children and making them feel bad for not eating such and such because they're still figuring it out. Um, also, don't force kids to eat food that they don't want to eat. Um, I know, I know I've, I'm, I'm guilty. I think I've been like, you have to, you know, I made this for you. I made this amazing meal for you guys and you have to eat this. And it's like, no, actually they don't. I made that amazing meal and to them it might not be amazing. And they are at an age where they probably don't really acknowledge or appreciate the work that goes into it. 
and I can't really expect that level of appreciation from them at this point. Um, you know, so even, even if you went to all this trouble, it doesn't mean they have to eat it. You present them the food and, and hopefully their nutrient, their foods are as nutrient dense as possible and they get to choose what and how much they eat. It's, they are agents of their own body and so they get to decide, yeah, you get to set the boundaries like, you know, you, here's the food. Maybe they don't get to choose what food is there, but they get to choose if they're going to eat it or not. And you get to decide if they get to eat after dinner or if they get a snack before bedtime. Or um, sometimes what we like to do is just if they didn't eat all their food, then we'll, we'll put it in the refrigerator. And later on that evening, if they are hungry, then they can eat the food that they didn't eat at dinner time. Or, you know, if they really just really honestly didn't like it and they're still hungry, maybe you'll choose to, to let them have a different option. So it's really, it's really about giving them choices and letting them know, like, here are your boundaries, but um, not ever having to force them to eat or not eat. And that's so freeing. Um, it's so freeing when you do that and you don't even have to um, make it about you and it's just, oh, they're choosing not to eat. Okay, great. This is great. This is great. They're using their agency. That's, that's actually what we want. We really want them to develop, to develop using their choices. That's how you develop courage. It's how you develop a sense of who you are and what you like and what you don't like. When you have that ability to choose, you are developing those very crucial skills in knowing yourself. Um, also, I think labels are harmful. We should not be using labels such as, she's a picky eater, or he's a picky eater, or she's a good eater, or she's, she's a bad eater, or, um, you know, <laughs> someone, yeah, we can... Someone might not like certain food groups, and I think putting those labels on them only helps them to grow into those labels more and only makes them into that person even more. So if you have someone who you find doesn't chooses to not eat certain foods, um, yeah, just start labeling them as, oh, they're refining their palate, or oh, they really are interested in these types of foods and really put a positive spin towards it and not so much a negative um, label as picky and yeah and just because someone does eat their food all gone it doesn't mean they're a good eater I I think sometimes we label oh if the food's all gone they're they're such a good eater and it could just mean they just shoved it all in their face and they didn't even take time to even taste it. And to me, some part of being a quote-unquote good eater or a well-rounded eater is you actually spend time looking at your food and trying to decipher the different flavors and textures and smells. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, but 
Also, my daughter has in the past, she's liked squash in her beans and rice. And um, it was butternut squash, I believe. And then I was making it the other day, and then I was putting it in our enchiladas. And she's like, oh, I don't like that. And I was like, yes, you do. You like that. You used to like it. So, of course, that means you have to like it now. And it's such a false belief because... We do that. We like put labels and we think, oh, they liked this two weeks ago or two days ago. They must like it now. They have to like it now. And it's like, no, actually my daughter told me she didn't like it. So guess what? I, I get to choose to believe her and be like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't realize you stopped liking it. And it's like, you can't put your beliefs on them and you can't expect them to just stay the same and some days they might eat really well and then others they might not and it fluctuates I think that's something that I'm learning as kids fluctuate their behaviors fluctuate from day to day their their choices their likes and dislikes they do fluctuate and it's okay and we just need to roll with it. It's like, oh, it's okay. You don't like, you don't like uh, spaghetti squash. Oh, okay. I did not know that. And be like, okay, well, maybe we can make it in a way that you'll, you'll like it again. Or maybe we could put some seasoning on it that you'll, that you'll like, or, you know, try new things, try and make it more enjoyable for them. And so, the other thing is to encourage mindfulness. And they, I think one of the ways to do this is we want our kids to experience food. Food is a joy. Food is um, fun. It brings us together. Like, it's an amazing experience just to be able to cook the food and smell all the smells and um, the aromas and the feelings that those bring out. And just a house, when you walk into a house, I don't know if you've ever walked into a house and there was like a crock pot of uh, a roast going and you just walk in and it just kind of envelopes you and you just feel that comfort and that sense of, oh, you know, we're getting ready to sit down and we're going to have an amazing meal together. And it's going to be comforting and it's going to make us all feel loved and it's going to make us feel connected and whole. So I think a, a good meal does have that power and, and it can be that way. And I think one of the ways to do that is to really talk about our food at the table. I mean, we don't have to talk about it the whole time, but, you know, initially, maybe at the beginning after we said, hopefully said a prayer of gratitude and thanks that we can talk about the textures of the food, what it looks like, what does it smell like, and, you know, your questions that you, the answers you get back might not be what you were hoping for, might not be the textbook answers, but it can still be fun, and I think that's some of the, uh, some of the fun of it is just engaging in conversation, and, you know, we can encourage them to slowly 
mindfully chew their food, not just to, like, chew it twice and then swallow it. Like, I know I'm definitely um, done. Um, but the more relaxed we are, the more our bodies will be able to um, absorb the nutrients and the more we'll be able to get out of our food. Um, I think it's important that we offer them new foods to try and not every night at the dinner table, but I think the more that we offer them uh, new foods, then the less they'll be um, intimidated by them. Um, I know I was at the grocery store the other day and I saw this aloe vera plant. I've had it in some drinks before and I really liked kind of like the squishiness of it or the texture of the aloe vera and it's kind of a little slimy maybe and it's just, I don't know, it's just a fun texture. But I bought it at the grocery store and I was a little apprehensive and I didn't know what to do with it and, um, but I did the first step was I did buy it. I brought it home. So my kids were, they saw it, saw it, and they were exposed to it. And they know that you can eat aloe vera. It's a plant. You can eat it. It's like, fry that baby up maybe. Put some olive oil on it. Cook it. I don't know. Um, but it's fun to experience new textures in our mouth and new flavors and we might find out we really like something and we might be surprised that we really do like something that is new and different that we're not accustomed to and it can make life and experience our experience a lot better the more um, fun foods that we add into it but yeah I mean I think it's definitely something we could all work on even as adults and just to really sit down, try new things, not put labels on people, um, not, um, yeah, and to encourage, encourage, but not force. I think there's a difference. And, you know, we can only offer. It's our job to offer them the foods. It's not our job to make sure that they eat them. And it's, it's, it's a practice in letting go of control. And I think that's one of the, you know, one of the main things in parenting that we have to realize is that we don't have control, but we have, hopefully we have some, um, some hope and we have some confidence in them and we have some faith. And I think those things are really, are what going to get, are what's going to get us through parenting. So hang in there and I hope you can apply some of these things next time at your dinner table and just have fun with it and enjoy life. All right. Take care.